Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for the, and I know it's going to sound crazy, last episode of Wire in the Blood to feature, feature Carol Jordan. Yeah. And you're going to ask yourself, well, what is the show after she leaves? I guess we're all going to find out next week because we're jumping right into season four. But for now, uh, a delightful episode. <laughs> It has it I'll say this about the episode. If you want if you want like a real firm dose of Tony being Tony, this is the episode for you. And Carol being Carol. Oh, absolutely that too. <laughs> and uh the title being confusing. Yes, what is the title this week? Synchronicity. That is a weird title. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a weird title for this episode. Yeah. You know, you could try and figure out what they what was synchronous, and I'm not sure that I can figure that one out. It's not yeah. clear in the episode. Yeah, but compared to it's not as um ugh, distasteful as last week's. No, not at all. Um, it is not as horrific because it's a sniper. Yep. So we're not talking about all of these... Elaborate torture. Yes. Crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and weird, weird motivations and the rest of it. Just trying to figure out. It does have one red herring. Yep. Uh, and we'll talk about the plausibility of that red herring in a minute. Well, the the whole the whole let let's just say we wouldn't call it. I'm almost not calling it a red herring. We're all telling you, yes, we do sometimes see things that are wrong with wiring the blood. Yes, um, uh, you know the contrive plot contrivances in this one um, are. Well, there's one there's one big plot contrivance yes. that kind of like feeds all of that like. Is a yeah. constellation of contrivance, uh, yeah, but it I is mean, it is just one really big contrivance, technically. Yes, and it's so big, it's it's like, huge. It's are huge. you uh, give me a break? This this I know, work. I know. We'll get there. All right, so we will uh, get there. the episode starts with a uh, an unrelated case they're solving. A rich guy has a girl locked up in his basement. And somehow they've figured that out. We don't hear any of the details. And they're ah. searching the place. And they can't find any hide nor hair of her. So they're like, she might not be here. What the hell are they going to do? This guy's got rich friends. They could be in trouble. Tony walks around outside and he notices that fundamentally the, uh, the house's footprint is big enough that the basement should be bigger than it is. Yes. So he demands everybody come down to the basement and look for the secret wall. And he finds the fake wall with the girl locked up behind it. And he is uh, smug as hell yeah. about having done it and sticking it to this killer because he loves that. And so the killer, you know, hits him in the head because it's next to the gym. He had access to a dumbbell that he hits Tony in the head with. And Tony is, you know, gets his bell rung and they throw in, they rescue the girl, they get the guy off to jail. Happy ending for that one. But Tony's got to go get his head looked at, and it turns out he's got a brain tumor. Yep. They do the x-ray to make sure there's no intracranial bleeding, and what they find is a brain tumor. The front top of his head that's going to start confusing his language, and if it's malignant, he could have three months before he just... Uh, can't walk, can't speak, can't do anything. And so they're like, uh, we got to take this out ASAP. Like, yeah, let's well, get you an MRI. It, yeah, but we got to take this out ASAP. So they, they bring in a specialist. Mm -hmm. Tony is forced back to go back to the hospital. The specialist says, we're going to do this tomorrow. Yep. Gives him the bad news. Says, well, it's growing too fast. Yeah. So um, it's got to come out. And... Yeah. Um, you know, it, for Tony, ultimately, it's six of one half dozen. Of well, another. no, technically, and this is what I like what the doctor says. He's like, based on its size, if it's uh, if it's benign, you know, we don't have to worry about it at all. But if this is malignant, based on the size it is already, if we wait even a week, it could kill yeah. you. 
because they don't because and that's the thing if you want to find out how fast it's growing you have to have over the course of weeks you have to do a series of different mris to see how it's growing and how it's spreading but this guy's point is yeah but then we'd be waiting for it to grow and spread yeah so technically there might be nothing wrong with tony it might not be malignant they honestly don't know but he's like why take a chance well, it's, yeah, that's the, do- but the doctor also, like Tony is already, um, yeah, knowing, we know that Tony knows that already there are a few little things and they're commenting is more irritable than normal at work. Yep. Um, so it's probably been bothering him for a while. And mm-hmm. of course, Tony's not going to go to the doctor. He got forced to go to the doctor. Yep. It was a pure accident. That they found it. Yeah. If he hadn't gotten clocked in the head, he never would have gone to the doctor. You know? Yeah. So and until he dropped, just dropped at work one day. Exactly. You know? And um, so and then it would have been emergency surgery. Yeah. But um, but the problem is Tony is kind of kept from that because what happens uh, this very morning when he's going to go see the doctor? A sniper shoots somebody. In the parking lot of an IT business. Yeah. And so we are, to use the vernacular, often running. Yep. Uh, often running. And Tony is supposed to be at the hospital. Yep. But he's got to go and look into this case. Because, come on. This is, a, this is a big, scary case. And so they search. They look the place over. They try to find, okay, where is this guy? Uh, they noticed that the shot came from a field across the street. So they go up in the, they go up in the tree in the field. Cause that way you'd have a clearer shot. And they find that lying in the field is a, uh, sorry, uh, pinned to the tree is a playing card. And like, Oh God, what does this playing card mean? Is, he, is the killer trying to send a message? What could, what could conceivably be happening? And Tony does, uh, Tony notices something, which is pretty great uh right away because he points out like standard is oh so the woman who got shot worked in uh uh like some management there and they're like yeah she but up until human. well she no up until okay. three months ago she was their hr person and she just got promoted out of it yeah and he says oh well okay dealing with the people who get fired of course she's going to be the target like they're the most people most likely to be targeted by people who are mad about losing their jobs so, yeah, let's look into everyone who got fired recently. And then the next day, and this is technically what causes Tony to not go in. The next day, there's another shooting. There's another shooting right away at a gas station. A guy gets shot while he's busy fueling up his car. And we have this horrifying scene from the sniper's POV looking down a looking down a barrel at all of his conceive like all of his possible sub uh targets anybody he could shoot and there's you know uh a little a woman with a baby in the car and there's just ugh. yeah it's it's a very intense scene because you yeah. know it's coming you don't know who he's going to shoot yeah you and know someone's getting shoots, shot but oof but and then he shoots the guy once and then he waits Ugh. and shoots him again waits for the guy to try and crawl to cover and then shoots him again and that's that was a rough scene to watch that's, that was rough and it was also something that made uh you know because carol says well he missed tony like, said no he nope. didn't he was enjoying his work yes yeah you know he did everything he uh, did 100 percent on purpose and you're like yep that's that's a pretty good profile tony Eesh. Uh, and it's very interesting because he shot a guy with a flashy car who's dressed in, you know, nice clothes, um, like a sports outfit, but flashy sports outfit. So it's like, you know, that kind of guy, your chav kind of guy. And then he's just like, Hey, I got a, I got a nice car. I like street racing, that kind of person. That is going to be important later, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be important later. We need a red herring. Oh, yes. Do we ever need a red herring? Oh, my <laughs> God. All right. So, but now we got the team running it, like running everything down, trying to find some connection between the various 
uh, suspects. The two so far. Yeah, the, the two, two so suspects. far. Two and it suspects. doesn't look as if there's any connection whatsoever. Yeah. They can't find any connection between this guy and Tony's like, it's just random. That's the problem with the sniper. They're impossible to catch because you really don't, you really have no idea who the target could conceivably, you could never know who the next target because they don't even know who their next target is. Well, particularly since, of course, we've got the playing cards. Yeah. Meaning he's trying to send a message. He sent because he left another playing card. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, yeah, trying to figure out if there's a connection, doesn't look like there's a connection. They start mm-hmm. looking at CTV. CCTV, and they find CCTV. they and find they, a suggestion that uh, the guy could have been using a bicycle to get around. Yeah, you know, they they think, the guys, the other guys think it's a car. Yeah. Tony's already profiled him as having walked around with a dog looking for places to shoot from. Yep. I, I do like the, he will definitely have a German Shepherd. No, he said first in Alsatian. That's what a German Shepherd is. They called they called German Shepherds Alsatians. Oh, okay. It's Sorry. the same way. It's the same Freedom Fries thing. It's the same oh. thing. They don't want to say the word German in England, so they use the term Alsatian. Why? Because of Alsace-Lorraine. Alsace-Lorraine, yeah. Yeah, so Alsace-Lorraine. it's a way of mocking the Germans. Oh jeez! Oh no, it's it's very dumb. It is very very. Oh, just dumb. like freedom fries are. Just dumb. like freedom fries, are, but yeah, like the the when you hear Alsatian, yeah, that's the freedom fries of the UK. Except it is lasted in a way that freedom fries absolutely didn't. But weirdly, uh, hot dog has lasted. Originally founded so people wouldn't have to say Frankfurter because you know <laughs> World War One was on. That's why we have the term hot dog. And frankfurters are different than hot dogs. Oh, I know. But, well, not at the time they weren't. <laughs> not not at the time they weren't. But nowadays. Nowadays it has become its own. Yeah. And now uh, frankfurter has become a completely separate thing from it's hot dogs. It's its own. Yeah. But at the time. It, yeah, it was just its own. It was just a different name. So people wouldn't have to say a German word because they were angry about World War One, which, you know, fair. World War One did suck. No one is denying that. Yes. But it's bizarre how propaganda yeah, like works, becomes right? such an integral part of our language. And that's exactly what this is, like propaganda that, that has made it in. And Alsatian is a perfect example of that. Yes, but McDonald's does not have freedom fries on no, it. No, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right. <laughs> not but even yeah. in America. So Tony's like, yeah, that it, it'll be this kind of guy. And when he sees, yeah. you know, a big SUV... Uh, in the neighborhood, he's like, they're like, maybe that could be. And it's like, ah, there's a guy in a bike with like a big enough bag that you could have a breakdownable rifle in it. I would be more interested. I would be more interested in finding out what's going on with him yeah, being right, right in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, right before the shooting. And so he's like, I think that's the one you're going to want to take a look at. So there you go. And then they find out that the bike is a general model. Everybody's get, yeah. you can buy one for a song. And no There's one is no going to be able to, yeah, you're not going to be able to trace anybody based on that. Based on Which the is, bike. yeah, based on the bike. It's just not possible. Which is frustrating, but, you know, they they got to keep trying. That's the key point. And the episode actually does a really good job of demonstrating how frustrating this is for the team. Because there's just, like, none of their normal applications. Like, they find a, uh, the, what do you call it? The They find a nail, Right. Yeah. They find a nail uh, at one of the sites. Uh, I don't remember which site it was, but they find a nail. And Kevin's like, it's the same kind of nail they sell everywhere. And so Carol's like, well, then phone everywhere and find all of their CTV and stuff. All of their CTV, all of their receipts. And it's like, and they, they're just talking about the ridiculous amount of manpower it's going to take to do something that you could never, that, that's never going to help you. Well, in fact, it, it, it ends up being a really big, um, because then with the third one, which is the woman in front of the supermarket. Yep. Right. She just had gone out. As they said, nobody knew why she went out. Yeah. And she gets shot. Well, the thing, the interesting thing is, we her. know, yeah. we know why she went out. And, it, and I mean, this is, you want to talk about incredible coincidence. Uh, they had sent out the picture of the guy on the uh, CCTV 
the guy wearing a hat on the bike in the CCTV, and you see this uh, this cashier see uh-huh. a guy who looks vaguely like him wearing the same kind of hat, putting stuff into the back of an SUV, and you've got this horrifying moment where she's sitting there watching him, right, load yeah. stuff up, wondering whether she should call the cops, and while that's happening, the actual sniper shoots her. Yeah. And it's just like a complete coincidence that she thought she was, you know, may have spotted the sniper, and the sniper shoots her. Yes, one of many contrivances, but it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, that's just, that's just a note for us. It's not like they ever find out that she suspected she had shot the, uh, no. saw the sniper and they never find out that part of it. Yeah. But that's, that's just a, but you're right. It is a contrivance that's just for us, the audience. And, it's not well, a plot it's, contrivance. It's contri- it, well, no, it's set up. That one is set up to caught to have the confrontation between. Um, Kevin and Carol. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where they planned on pushing that in the Next fourth season. year. Yeah. Because I'm certain when that, then that, when that plot, when that confrontation was set up, because mm-hmm. it leads to a further confrontation, but the confrontation between Carol and, cause Carol yeah, starts telling build. him to look at everything, look at yeah. all the CTV, look at, and yeah. Kevin said, it's a waste of time. Yeah. How he said he could have paid in cash. How many people? We don't yeah. know anything. Like Carol's going, okay, so it was that was the ten of hearts. Like I'm I'm gonna be harder on this episode than you want to yeah. be. I mean yeah. the Tony part is fine, but I you know, and at Kevin, you know, and she says to, well, what 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 was her cat what was her number at the yeah. uh, you know, know cash number and you know, and, and Paula just says, no, we've already checked that. It was 15. So, yeah. you know, it's not like her team is on top of this, Carol. And then Carol's and to- and Kevin just says to her, it's a waste of time. Yep. And then. Well, and I think it's an interesting character note from Carol because yeah. she needs this to make sense. And she needs like the normal ways of investigating a crime to still work. Yeah. And they don't work with And they them. just don't when no. you're dealing with this kind of a killer. Yeah. So and then and because and Tony overhears this confrontation. Yep. Then I can't remember exactly the details of what what exactly happens then. Um because they can't do anything with the card or whatever or something yep. else. And then Tony just looks at Carol and says, Well, then of course Kevin's right. And walks yeah. away, right? He's just walking There's as he's walking away. He do. turns around. So Kevin's right. Yeah, you know, that this is—it's a waste of time to try and track all of that stuff down, because there's no reason to assume that this man has ever been inside that, that store. Gro- that store, he, yeah. because he's just killing. And then Carol says, "Well, maybe we can, you know, appeal to his ego and set up a target." And Tony's going, "No, he's just mm-hmm. killing." ordinary people he couldn't care less about but what they that. do it's is to they... remind them that of death mm-hmm. that it could happen that it could happen to anyone at any time so they put out the appeal and try and get him to reach out yeah and he does and he demands uh and he demands money to stop from killing yeah and they do the normal thing pounds. where that's seventy thousand pounds and they do the normal thing they always do which is they send somebody, um, they, they rush in and they go to grab the, you get a nice little moment where they grab the guy who was standing closest to the, uh, oh. the guy who was standing closest to the phone runs away when he sees the cops nearby. And so they chase him, they bra- drag him in and he's like, Oh yeah, it's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, why'd you run away? It's like, okay, well, technically I have a bag of pot on me for personal use. <laughs> Not illegal. And it, well, no, it is illegal. I but know, it's like it's I just know. For, yeah. But he's like, it's not, is this really a crime? He's like, and that's quite a reasonable question for him to ask. Yeah. And so they're like, God damn it. This is, you know, just been a giant waste. And so Carol says, arrest him for the pot because Carol is a bitch. Kind I of. I hate I mean, to say yeah. that. I hate to say that word, but yes. But yeah. Uh, I'm not going to, you're not going to get a lot of sympathy from me uh, about Carol's decision to arrest the guy for having know, a I tiny mean, because, amount of pot on him. Come because on. he did tell him there was somebody in the phone book. Yeah, exactly. Like she still, they still got their lead. They just yeah. didn't get the killer the way they thought they were going to. And so she's, 
And of course, this, this is telling you that deep down inside, she's upset about Tony's brain. Yeah. And how she, she can't don't. do, and this, it has become a, uh, well, not a synchronous thing, but it's like, it's a related thing because she is dealing with a medical problem with Tony that yeah. nobody could do anything about. And at the same time, she is completely impotent at her job because this is the kind of case nobody can do anything about. Okay, so that's, the, that's the title. That's synchronicity. the synchronicity. Now there's that we talk about it, yeah, there's the okay. title thing. Because they're both conditions that, you know, all of her power and all of her, like, she's got such smarts. She's so good at figuring so much of this stuff out. But it's like, both of these things are things that she can do nothing about. Yeah. And I think that's what they intended the title to mean. And now that we say it, I think that's actually yeah, probably likely. Been, I, yeah, watching it, I'm still trying. I was starting to figure <laughs> out, okay, are they this, that? Never mind. We figured it out. So we that. figured it out eventually. That's what counts, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's a nice touch. And I mean, now that I think about it that way, yeah, that actually does make sense as a... Uh, as a title for the episode. As a yeah. title for the episode. Now that we think about it, yeah, I, I actually see that. All right, so. No, this this episode is more focused on Carol and Carol's reactions. And I mean, we were, we'll talk about that when we get right to the end. But this is yeah. a, a, a Carol, in a weird way, a Carol focused episode. I yeah. mean, her frustration level, I mean, she goes in and, and Kevin is supposed to be phoning. They're all supposed to be phoning things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, as far as, Kevin is concerned it's a freaking waste of time. Oh, but no, yep. that, that, that happens a little bit later. Yeah. Because in the meantime, Tony is still trying to deal with the brain tumor because he can't think all the time. Yeah. He suddenly has, for the first time, can't, right? He's, he can't focus and he can't concentrate. Yeah. The tumor is getting bigger, quicker. Yeah. Uh, it's growing and therefore and it's, he's got the shaking not. hands. He's, you know, he can't, hold a glass he can't think straight yeah it's uh yeah you're very worried about tony in all these scenes yeah and they do a very good job so they go and they do the the money drop after you know loading everybody around to make sure they'll catch the guy but his thing was to throw the money uh told them to throw the money in a garbage bin at exactly like eight o'clock or something i don't remember the exact time it's like throw it's it in exactly that yeah. time and so then they're sitting there waiting for to show up and they watch the garbage guys come and pick up the garbage that has the 70 grand in it and then the cops have to go to chase in on it and very few people (laughs) but notice that it's like oh is this this you know the subtext is and this is something they won't figure out for a while that wasn't an accident no it wasn't an accident that the guy told them to put it in a place where it was going to get picked up by the garbage man immediately no he he actually did know what he was doing but uh, that's something little, that it takes Tony a little while to figure out. But here's the key part. This night, somebody burns up a car, right? Somebody burns up a car in the, uh, what do you call uh, like, just in a field. Yeah. A guy matching the bare description of the killer sets a car on fire in a field. And they go and they check out the car and it's like, this could have been, uh, okay, well, what's going on with this car? It's the right thing. Maybe this is the car the guy was using to get around. This could be the killer. And so they managed to find an identification number, like the vehicle identification number on the car. And this is where we get to our massive contrivance <laughs> that I'm not going to try to defend. You can't defend this. Uh, I really can't defend this. No, you cannot. I, I... All right, so it leads them to a guy who has a gun license and they're like, okay, well, what's the significance of this guy? Uh, Oh, he, uh, he used to do work in it and his company, right. Uh, his company, his one man company or whatever, it's like small company was up against the company where that woman got shot. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, where that woman got shot. Oh, that's, that's a pretty thing. And then they're like, okay, well, his car, uh, what was going on with his car? And so he remembers the, you know, the racing and all of the traffic issues. They remember the racing and all the traffic issues that the second victim had. They're like, could he have been in a car accident? So they go and talk to the dad and they're like, 
did you ever, uh, why weren't there all the insurance claims if your son was this reckless of a driver? And he's like, because I would always just pay people off. It's fine. I didn't care. As long as nobody got hurt. You know, no skin off my Is there anything illegal about that? And the cops say no. like, no, of course not. No. It's fine. Uh, But they're like, okay, well, do you have records of the guys? And he's like, well, no, I just give people cash. And then they think, okay. And so they're like, can you think of someone who three months ago and he describes what the guy looks like and then he comes up with a name and then they check out oh no yeah that's right sorry i said the visual identification number it's uh it's the name yeah this is is where this is where they come up with a name and they're like yep this guy had a car like that they don't have the vehicle identification number this guy did have a car like that or has a car like that registered to him and this is when they find out he had business with the it company so and yes the guy did burn his car out in a field uh, that like he did actually do that. But the, um, the thing that's the amazing coincidence is that the same guy who had business with the company, uh, also was in a car accident with any other, the other victim, the other victim and, and he has a bicycle when they go and he has a bicycle when they go to see him and bicycle. he's a gun nut. Yes. And his wife just left him a few yep. months ago. And yep. he hates the cops. And yeah, I, know. I mean, it's just- and so they go to take him away. They go to take him away and he pulls a gun and tries to kill himself, but they manage to grab him. Yeah. Cause nobody loves him. Yeah. And it's the nobody deep- loves. Him. Well, it, they didn't use the term deep state then. But yeah. It's- but it's the same basic idea that he believes everyone is conspiring against him. Yeah. But it's the exact same thing. I mean, we don't, yeah, like you say, we didn't have the term deep space state then, but, you know, crazy people had the same kind of beliefs that everyone's out to get them and everyone was watching them all the time. You know, yeah. that's, that's a long standing psychotic belief. Like that is not, un, that is not strange at all. No. And it gets really interesting because we get to do one of Tony's interrogation scenes, right? And so they go into this guy's life and like how this guy is completely messed up. And they're like, so what did the cashier do? It's like, this is the, the woman who you went in to buy something and your card got declined and you were publicly humiliated. Is that, is that why you killed her? And he's just, he, he breaks down completely. Yeah. Cause you know, they've got him. Or do they? <laughs> Because all of the evidence pointing to this that we have just talked about, which is a lot of evidence, is a complete coincidence. A complete and total coincidence that you just like. And it turns out that it is a complete and total coincidence when we find out who actually is the sniper. Because you're like, when you find out who the sniper is, like, wait, was he framing this specific guy? Nope, just got completely lucky. Because just, just, you know, you just, because of course, Tony, of course, is trying to deal with his illness. Yeah. And he goes to the church service that's being held for the last sniper yeah. victim. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the, the priest, the priest, right? Yeah. The father invites him to hang out afterwards and talk. Yeah. And Tony's, and Tony surprisingly, is willing as you know the guy says look ah, he's only the- willing because he's he finds out that the, the priest is a fan of his yeah well the f- <laughs> priest is a fan of his and the priest says look i'm not going to preach to you i'm not going to send yeah. anybody but if you need door. somebody to talk to i'm tony here like does. it's literally my job <laughs> yeah and tony does yeah and then as they're about to head back inside the priest gets shot by the sniper yeah and we have to we have to mention that the sniper has sort of been following Carol and Tony around. Yes. Yeah, he has. So, We've seen him following the people in charge of the case. Yeah. So we do know, and he has tried to talk to them and explain to them, and they don't get, nobody understands it. And Tony has told him, you're not going to understand it when he yeah. tries to tell you why he's doing this. Oh, the other part of the coincidence. Okay. The 70,000 pounds. Oh, I right. It was also a, how much the guy, the guy owed on owed his house. 69,000 pounds on his house. And I'm just going, I mean, that was the one that was a outstanding mortgage. I was, I was okay. Like, I, I could have With so much of the other stuff. Up to that point, okay, that's possible. Bradford is probably a really small town. Okay. I, guess, I can do yeah. that. 
But the guy asked for seventy thousand pounds, and this guy owned owed sixty nine thousand. I know. Like, you're right. You're right. No, come on, guys. Even you can do better than this. Yeah. Uh, but the important part <laughs> anyway. is the the important part is the, priest the guy was in custody, and there was another sniper yeah. attack. attack. So they're like, yeah. we're completely wrong. And so while they go back to working on the case, Tony goes back to his house and like looks at all of the evidence they have. Yeah. And like, and he's just desperate to find a connection. Okay, but you've got you, you see here. I've got it. I've got to go back oh, to Carol. Oh, go. Because remember, Carol goes and she's at the she's at the place. The bishop, the priest's bishop, comes in. Carol yeah. is a complete again the <clears throat> b word. I know. Towards the like, bishop. Trying to understand, like, what could this priest have done to warrant the guy wanting to kill him? Yeah, and, and but do you not understand that this is pretty friggin' random? Yeah. Like, at this point, well, no, but because they got so close with the last guy with all these connections. Yeah. And her system of just running down leads almost worked. Yeah. Right? And then, okay, so then she tells Kevin... And Paula, that they have to go back to the station and they have to do and they have to talk to everybody who's a part of that church. And they've got to go get the membership list and they've got to phone everybody and they've got yeah. to do the parish council and blah, 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 blah. And yep. of course, Kevin is fed up and he's not doing it. Carol goes back to the office and she gets into this. She dismisses Kevin. Because yep. he's drinking on the job and he's not doing his job properly. And of course, Kevin is, you know, doesn't even say anything. Paula's tried to warn him that she was on her way, but he'd yep. made a deck of cards and stuff, right? Yeah, he made a house of a cards. A house of cards. And instead of making the calls, instead of making calls, and he'd been having a couple of drinks because he's been up for 24 hours or 48 hours or longer. Doing yeah. Yeah. Or longer the stupid things that Carol has been trying to get demanding. Because she will not accept that the sniping is random. That the sniping is random. Yeah. In this, in the same sense that it often is, there may be, as Tony is now about to come to this connection because he's starting, because he's been talking about chance. Carol comes to see him. That's the important part, right? Yeah. And she's upset and she sort of cries, but Tony, and before Tony gets into, has his big revelation, but Tony is talking about the, you know, to Carol about the weekend they spent in Paris and, I and, know. and Carol's going, but that's Tony, that really never happened. happened. And Tony's going, well, he said, that's the problem. I can't tell the dish, di the difference, the difference between reality and intention. You know, I mean, that's mm -hmm. what he would like to do, but the rest of it and all yep. of the different things, right? And Carol at one point has said she's going to take a, a leave of absence to take care of him when he gets out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. This, this whole stuff, right? Yep. Um, and you know, and then. Tony says to her, yeah, well, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. You know, you're not going to be I know. able to do that. But, and then when Tony says, though, this is the closest Tony is, has ever gotten to saying, yes, I am attracted to you. I would like to have a relationship with you. Yep. And this is when his brain, and that's what brain tumors will do, make it really difficult for you mm -hmm. to tell these differences it can, in his case, it's not causing him a lot of anger. Some other people, it will. Yeah. Um, it depends on where it's pressing in, in the brain, right? What, what, yep. what it's triggering in the brain. And, um, so anyway, and then Carol, but Carol has to go back to whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's, it's after that that she does the thing with Kevin, but she kicks it. It is. Out. Yeah. She sends where, Kevin home. Yeah. Um, and Tony, for his part, sits sits and he puts all of the suspects and he tries to come up with an explanation. Yeah. He tries to come up with something that will explain all of this. Particularly when you've got the cards. It's right? Particularly when you've got these cards in front of you. Yes. There's got to be some message that he's trying to send. Yeah. And and so because the cards are random, like I was I can remember thinking at one one point 
I think the first time I saw it or something, you know, that, okay, so yes, because Tony keeps saying, but he's driven, like he's, he's in a controlled environment. And I thought mm -hmm. it would come, and like, he, he can't be, this can't be totally random. And I said, well, yeah, you know, he's working with a deck of cards. So he's already eliminated four or five. Yeah. Okay. So is the deck of cards controlling what he's going to do? And, and he will, would quit, say, after he got. Anyway, but Tony does go to the cards and comes up eventually. Mm -hmm. Okay. With the ace. Yeah. Being key. You know, so you go back to the beginning. Well, no, and this is the thing that uh, he looks at the ace, yeah. and the ace makes him think about number one in the start, yeah. and he and he stops thinking about this as being like he goes back to the key thing that he should have been looking at the whole time, which is motive. And the answer is, why do you do an a shooting? Uh, like, why do you do? And again, it's the plot of you know, it's the plot of one shot and the movie Reacher. Why do you go on a shooting rampage? And the answer is to cover up the fact that you only wanted to kill one person. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically, I mean, we find out right at the end, the killer is someone who got fired from the IT company. And so he wanted to shoot the first, uh, he wanted to kill everybody, but he's like, but he wanted to make sure he got the person he was angriest at the HR person, yeah. but he also wanted to do a workplace shooting. But the problem is you can't be sure you're going to be able to get the person you want in a giant workplace shooting. So on the first day, he killed the person he was angriest at. Yeah. Well, that's going to shut down the business. That's going to shut down the whole business. That's going to make them investigate everyone who worked there. They're going to find out that I got fired three months ago while my wife was dying of cancer. Yeah. And they're going to, it's going to lead them to me. So I'm not going to be able, and they're going to increase security there. So I won't be able to do my giant workplace shooting where I get revenge on the company as a whole as well. Mm. So I start randomly shooting people so that the cops take their eyes off of the IT place. Yeah. and It's a and, hell of a plan. It, yeah. And set up the cards as, yep. as, as a di diversion. Exactly. It's a decoy to like yeah. make them try and figure out what it means when what it means is perfectly obvious. And had they done what they should have done in the first place, which is looked at everyone this woman had fired hard at everyone this woman had fired over the past few months. Because they only they looked would have at got one. Him. They looked yeah, at they, one guy and that was funny. Yeah, it was very funny because it was the the most questionable guy on there. Yeah, because it was a guy with history of you know petty crime. Let's pull in him in, and by the time they dismissed him, dismissed him, the second shooting is happening, and they're like, "Oh my god, maybe it was random." And then they start looking for a connection between yeah. all of them, and so they move away from the original from their box. original idea about the motive. But yeah. had they not done that, they would have caught the guy, and they would have stopped it much earlier. But Tony's figured it out, so he goes to confront the guy. Uh Let's face it, hoping that uh, he's too scared to go and do the treatment, and he's hoping that maybe this guy kills him. Yeah. yeah, and if this guy kills him, he doesn't have to make the decision. Yeah, he's not making the decision himself, because yeah. he's too scared to do the operation. Uh, but he's not an idiot. He also called the police. Yes. He just, you know, drove there himself as well. And then we get the wonderful moment where the guy comes up, Right? After he's shot the, he's, the he's security already guard. in the building. Yeah. He shot the he's security already a, guard. Yeah. He's shot another woman. Yeah. He shot the some the, one of the manager. Man, one of the, the manager who was there with yeah. the other person who got shot the first day. So just, yeah. that guy's really bad luck. Yeah, you know, uh, and he shot some woman who was randomly there early that day. Like, and he's getting ready to ambush everybody else as they come in. And then Tony walks in the door. Yeah, and we have this great moment of Tony being taking out all of his anger at random chance on this guy. It's like bad things just happen. It's like, so what it would an ambush? That's not a random thing. Come on. Let's, let's have some fun with this. You must have a revolver in your bag of murder tools somewhere. <laughs> let's play Russian roulette. Oh my God. I had forgotten that part of the scene. Yeah, so had I. I, every time you kind of forget it. And oh, there's Tony yeah. shooting himself in the head. It, 
left, of course. Yeah. It's only he one. doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't call um, himself. So. But the point is, the guy, to his credit, the guy starts himself. The guy puts the gun to his own head first yeah. and then gives the gun to Tony. And he's got his other gun because he's ready to shoot Tony if Tony tries to turn the gun on him. But no, Tony puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger. Ah, and he got his one in five chance. Uh, he, you know, he got it. Sorry, he won his four out of five chance, but, uh, that's still not odds I would take. No, thank you. No, no. I, no, uh, thank you. No, cause Ooh. that's, that's the problem with gambling. Yeah. Is that you never know when it's going to turn against you. Yeah. And it could be the first, the first chance. Could be the very course. first chance it gets. Yeah. First chamber could be full. Yeah. I mean, the chamber oh. could be full. You don't know. Yeah. You never know. And, um, and that's why you get the, uh, the very funny bit where, well, not funny, but the irony that like, uh, he, the guy realizes the cops are there. And so he tries to shoot Tony, but the, uh, the cops shoot him first. Yeah. But Tony gets injured. Yeah. Tony gets the bullet grazes his head. Meaning he has to go to the hospital and get surgery anyway. So he can't back out of. Because then this is the key part. He's already signed all the consent forms. Yeah. He just didn't go to the hospital when he was supposed to. Yeah. So when he shows up in the hospital with a new head injury, they can just call up the brain surgeon and be like, hey, while you're here. The guy's here now. <laughs> the guy's here now. And this is. And so we get a scene uh, where he and Carol. Right, are uh, going to talk to the doctor afterwards. And we find out the big news. It was not a malignant tumor. Tumor. Yeah. It's it was benign. a completely benign. It wasn't in interfering with his brain processes at all. Every single thing that happened to Tony over the past three days has been psychosomatic, uh, partially the minor concussion from the head injury, plus not sleeping for three days, plus going down a spiraling rabbit hole of thinking a brain tumor was going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. There, he didn't have a brain tumor. And, but the thing is, because he knows. Well, he didn't have a cancerous brain tumor. He didn't have a brain cancerous brain tumor, but I think it's notable. I think we, I think the episode is saying that because he knows all of the symptoms that you would get when you have something like this, I think he was essentially creating his own symptoms psychosomatically. Uh, well, it, we will never know. We won't, no. But I think that's the implication the episode is making. Well, yes, because that allows him to tell Carol how he feels. And yes, of course, that's what I'm saying. Carol yes. also, you know, is, you know, um, I, I couldn't imagine living without you. And yeah, at I know. one point. Yep. And it's like, and that's what's why in a way this is such a frustrating episode because it actually finally feels like they found a way to trigger a move forward of their relationship. Spoiler alert. This is her last episode. <laughs> well, no, but it isn't. But, but then Carol says, but Tony's, but at the end, it doesn't yeah. move it forward because Tony says, okay, maybe we should give this a try. Yeah. And Carol's going, no. Yeah. Well, no, but. I does move it forward because Tony has been willing to okay, say it. Yeah, finally. it moves it forward, and she's Tony, been yes, not her. No, not she her. She has not said the same way that she couldn't imagine living without Tony in her yeah. life, but she's not willing. She's to not commit. willing to move, do anything more than say that, and that's what's yes. been driving her this whole time, yep. and has been causing all of this pro these problems, which. I mean, maybe, maybe it would have ended differently, but they probably knew by this point she was moving to Spooch. No, I don't think they did. No, I think, I think this episode ended the way it did. And I think Tony being able to say that and her coming back is a thing they would have explored in season four had she come had back. Had she stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Had she come back for the new season, I think they would have continued this exploration. And I think it was, it, it is kind of sad that she doesn't come back. And again, uh, it's actually, I watched the beginning. How did they handle it? And it's kind of funny that, uh, they go out of their way to remind everybody that there's no hard feelings at the start of the next episode. Well, this is, <laughs> but we'll talk about that when we've seen it. Yes. This is, this is, uh, this is the British. Oh, no, absolutely. Acting. This is, this is, uh, BAFTA, right? Yes, it's exactly. 
everybody not. everybody's friends you know this is not yeah, they, know, all, they all leaving under a chain of like a cloud of scandal or anything like that and, and, no. and she works with her she's you know i mean and she was working with her husband and there she know. did kingdom so, yeah. during this period time too, too exactly no, no everybody all, gets along that's the important part and they can always and they can always adapt Oh yeah, that's the one thing about these these TV series, right? There, it's in Britain. They're highly adaptable to change. They're high. Oh, absolutely. They, they if they have to do change, they just switch a few little things around, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, can you replace somebody so they get somebody's cousin to replace them? That was Midnight Murders, <laughs> right? You know, he's he's about to retire. Well, okay, so his cousin comes. And an amazing coincidence, he has a cousin who's also a detective and who is constitutionally very similar to him. Yes, and much younger. And much younger, so he'll be able to stick around for the next 15 years. (laughs) It's it's funny. It is funny. funny. And they, you know, so they managed to do that and... Well, like I already said, Robson's Gr- Green's new show is about a priest who helps a detective solve crimes. And then after three seasons, the, the priest left. And so it's just uh, Robson Green starts solving crimes with the new priest who lives in the town. Yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah. Sure, but why not? But it's normal. They're much more realistic about some of these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's smart. Like, And I'm glad they're willing to just like uh, make the changes necessary. But no. Uh, we're going to keep doing the show. Yeah. yeah and they did. <laughs> There's kept. no reason to stop doing the show. I still do. So they didn't. Okay. Neither one of us are going to go. Yes, they're still going to do the show. And I, we'll, we'll get to. Still yeah. don't understand. We'll get that to next week. Yeah, we'll get to next week. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, but yeah, that's how it ends. So you can say on a hopeful note, on a not so hopeful note. I, I, mean, I think going, overall it's a pretty hopeful note. Well, it's sort of a hopeful say. note, but I'm going, yeah, but Carol's going to run like hell. Yeah. You can't stand the emotion. Like that, that, I mean, I would look at that. I mean, I looked at that. That is a good way that. to read it. Yeah. Not, and it's not a question of knowing what was going to happen because it's just looking at it. She can't cope. She can't cope with emotion. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden she is faced with, it was just like with the baby, not yep. pregnant. You know, I mean, all of a sudden she had to deal with something and she takes it out at work and mm-hmm. she can't cope with the idea that she's attached to Tony. And yeah. like, I can't see her being able to, it would have been interesting if she had continued. You're right. Like to see what, yeah. what would have happened. What but they could have done with it. If, if they are going to be true to her character, she's going to start really drinking. Yep. And she's going to start, you know, messing around and, and dumping Tony, whatever, right? And Tony can only take so much of that. Mm-hmm. He will only be able to take so much, we assume. However, they, they as a couple, they do survive in the books. So there you go. But the books, you know, I mean, the relationship is, is quite different. So, well, of course. Eventually, yeah. and, because um, it lasts. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But we'll definitely talk about how they move uh, yeah. the new DI in and the the way it's not just Carol again. And it isn't. DCI. DCI. Well, actually, I don't know if she is the DCI. Yes, she is. She one. said she it is? at one point. Okay. All right. I've forgotten the, uh, wh- yes, how they introduced the, the new character. She is the DCI. The new, uh, yeah, the chief inspector. There you yeah. go. Uh, but yes. Detective chief inspector. And it's definitely something we're going to talk about as we get into the next season of yeah. the show. Uh, but yeah, like for Carol's last episode, it doesn't paint her in the best light. But as we've said, one of the things that's so interesting about the show is its willingness to be, what's the right word for this? Uh, clear-eyed about who Carol is. Yeah, clear-eyed who about who Tony is. Like they're all, these are, these are semi-broken people who survive. Yep. And have jobs and screw up mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. You know, we don't, yeah. we do not have a hotch in this no. show. <laughs> no, seriously. Really no, we don't. It's true. No. And I think that's the right way to think of it too. Yeah. 
you know, and it's, and when, whenever you watch a lot of the British cop shows, like the one with uh, Jane, oh, what was it called? Oh. Helen, Helen Mirren played the lead detective. Jane Tennyson, Tennyson prime suspect. Prime suspect. Yes. I mean, you watch yeah. her. Yeah. And you watch that, right? And um, as she's clawing her way up to the top. Yep. And the destruction that is and her problems and mm -hmm. her relationships and, you know, still managing to do her job. But her job yeah. is the only thing that keeps her going. And it's the same thing. And when the drinking gets eventually too much. Yeah. The job. No, that, that character was always very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Prime yeah. Suspect is um if you watch it from beginning to end, like you'll find that it's got it actually does have a really interesting arc for the character. It's yeah. not just a British style an American style show where they keep the status quo indefinitely. Yeah, I mean it is interesting that you do see these arcs and you do see these changes. And mm -hmm. it's what we complain about so much in criminal minds. Yeah, uh, not letting the characters grow the way they should. Yeah. And okay, yeah, but even, and I, I'm not even going to accept the cop out that it's only an, it's only 42 minutes long instead of an hour and a half. <laughs> I know. You, can still, you know what? They only did six episodes of Prime Suspect a year. You've got room. Yeah. If you want to tell this story, you've got room to tell it. Yeah. And that would be, well, you've got six episodes and you've got, that would be 12 episodes of regular. American. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's so, half a season. It's fine. Yeah, you've got you've got room to move these characters even mm -hmm. when you've got other things going on. But yeah. it is that um it is the culture of fandom which is so different in mm -hmm. the United States and how the characters are not supposed to change and they're always supposed to stay the same and they're always supposed to be. It's definitely an issue. You're right about that. If you think about it, they get very, um, I'm not saying. People get very protective. Of their characters, right? And if you do something that's out of sync with. Yeah. Who knows what, what uh, Matthew Gray Googler would have wanted to do with Spencer Reed. And had the, uh, yeah, them not wanting to keep him in this box. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was probably, that's. I mean, he did not come back. He didn't come back. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, it's like, I always find it funny when people are like, you know, uh, uh, Penelope and Reed are the only two, uh, uh, actors to be in every episode. And I'm like, uh, no. he wasn't in every episode. No. Did you watch those last five seasons where the last four seasons where he kept taking half a season off? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, Penelope was the only one who was there for every episode. Yeah, and she was only there by a fluke. No, it's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. But that's that's for a Criminal Minds talk. Uh, we will uh, wrap this up here. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please rate and review the show. That's how people find it. We'll see you back here next week for the start of Season 4 of Wire in the Blood, so that should be a blast. Uh, until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And the episode is called Time to Murder and Create. Mm. Have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.